Okay, welcome everybody who's joining us online for, uh, I guess, part two of our Christmas series. I'm going to give you a warning. I've had a pretty rough week. I got a sick kid at home. Um, it's not doing really, not doing well with the sickness either, so I'm, I'm running on very little sleep. I was really busy yesterday as well. So I'm, what I'm bringing today is my best, just if you can give me grace, because here's what happened. I've got this beautiful Christmas series that I wrote years ago and have been refining, and I love it. In the midweek, God told me he wants to talk about something else. <laughs> and that's that happens. That's the life. And I'm not going to complain about it. Um, by the way, when God speaks to me, it sounds like my own voice and it's information. Don't get weird. I'm not some sort of super guy or anything like that. But God wants, I believe, wants to talk about something today. The, the message title, which I very rarely title my messages, is called this. The Ghost of Christmas Past. That's what this message is going to be called. Oh, and other holiday stresses. <laughs> As a side note. So <clears throat> let me... Let me recap, because some of you weren't here, and I want you to understand something. Christmas began in the Garden of Eden. Right, right, right as soon as the problem went down. As soon as mankind chose to turn away from God and go their own way. Don't get weird. Look, leave church aside for a second. Okay, I know we're in church, but that's very little what I'm interested in here today. Here's the thing. When you use a word like sin, sin means you're going your own way. You're pretending you know what's best. And that's rebellion. When my kid does that and says, no, daddy, I'll walk down the stairs by myself. And I'm going, okay, there's danger. I've told you what is best and true, but you think you can run your own life, Alex? Oh, you got hurt. Shocker. And that's exactly what happens in the Garden of Eden. They turn away from God and say, look, I know you said what's true, right, and best. I'm not going to do it. Anybody else ever done that in their own lives? When you know what God said is true, right, and best, and you're like, yeah, I hear you, but no. Well, that's called being a human being. Nobody's here to beat you up today. But when that happens for the first time in the Garden of Eden, here's what happens. Immediately, God says, all right, look, I see what happens. Um, here's what's going to happen. Woman, the seed, one of your descendants is going to crush his seed. In the process, he's going to be wounded. You shall, he shall bruise your heel, but you will crush his head is the thing. And that's talking about Christmas. Y'all follow me on that one from last week, remember? And then Jesus shows up, is wounded on the cross, rises again, and crushes the works of the enemy. And in case you didn't know it or you don't want to believe it, here's the truth. You have a spiritual enemy. You don't have to like it. You can try to ignore it all you want. But there are forces in this world that are trying to take you and those you love and, 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 and steal, kill, and destroy your best lives. That's how that goes. Yep, and we see it every day on the 6 o'clock news. There's a force in this world that is leading us to destruction and, and, and division. You don't have to be five years old to know that that's reality. So, yeah, Christmas. <laughs> that's the plan to get things uh, revealed. So, number one, <laughs> I'm just getting it out of the way. <laughs> number one, here's the thing. I want you to understand something. Depression is a very serious and real medical problem that can take, can take, can take place on the physical level. You have chemical balances that need to be a certain way so you can, you can be in a neutral or good place. Some people, including my best friend in the whole world named Pete, came four years ago, stood next to me, and explained how bad and dark depression can be. How he was laying under a bed saying, God, I know you don't want me to kill myself, but I don't want to live anymore. So this is depression. It can be really real. So I'm going to talk a little bit today about the... When I'm, when I'm saying things about the ghost of Christmas past, the regret, and, and, and some of the melancholy we feel, I'm not downplaying proper depression. I, for one, was on Wellbutrin for a while. 
And I don't care what any of you think about that. It wasn't on it necessarily for chemical imbalance. It actually helped me quit tobacco years ago, or a long time ago. But lots of my family members and people I love are on antidepressants. And God himself gave the medical profession that answer. Do you understand that? Prayer, pills, and people. I'm not the guy who's going to say pray more. I'm going to say go see your doctor. Because when you're treading water and you can't catch a breath... Sometimes you need to just get above the water. You know what I'm trying to say? And the people that I value in the world, and me too, needed that. So I'm not going to sit here and say, the Lord is your strength and blood. No, go get help if you need it, guys. I'll give you the name of my doctor who's very understanding in this way, okay? Just to help you with that because it might be a physical issue. Nobody's judging you here today. If we had to do a show of hands, probably more people would say I went and got help than not. But I want you to realize something. What does it mean when you depress something? You're going to go home, you're going to get in your car, you're going to get in your car to go home, and you're going to depress the gas pedal. What does that mean? It's a push down. And can I tell you something? The holiday season tends to be one where you get pushed down quite a bit. I, 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 I got a good friend named Ed Sachs, most of you know. He's a uh, crisis counselor, uh, the hotline there. He could give you statistics of what goes down near the holidays. It rises real high. And then it goes away for a while. It's a weird thing. Once the holidays are gone, you see what I'm saying? Okay? We feel depressed. We feel pushed down for a lot of different reasons. So there's a natural sadness. There are chemical imbalances. But I'm here today to tell you today there are also attacks of the enemy. Because, again, we have one. And so here's the thing. One thing that I had to learn, and I don't like and blah, 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 but one thing I had to learn is this. The enemy, the same, the shining one in the garden, Lucifer, a fallen seraphim, no, cherub, sorry, fallen cherub, is crueler than you think. Here's how cruel the enemy can be. I know people who've lost their, their children to suicide, and the enemy, instead of giving them a break, will say, you should have seen it coming. This is on you. What? Uh, isn't that awful? In the holiday season, we want to worship the birth of Christ Jesus. Wouldn't he just leave us alone? No. No, he wants to steal every bit of worship and praise and every goodness and get, get, right, right. That's exactly what he wants. He's crueler than you could ever imagine. And if you don't want to get behind it about you, because you can't get there, I'll say this. You're born in the image of God. He hates everything of God. Well, why me? There you go. I didn't do anything. Yes, you did. You shine the image of God. Whether you want to or not, you're the image of God. He wants to destroy you. That's how that goes. So I want to say this, guys. Be aware that as we're going through these lows toward these holiday seasons, just stop for a second and say, whoa, is this a natural? Is this just the blues because I'm missing so-and-so? Because things aren't because I'm stressed, I'm not getting enough sleep, or I'm under the weather? Is this that, or, or, or do I feel a weird amount of amplification? You ready for this? Watch. I want to show you something. This is going to be cruel for you people. Hang out just two seconds. You ready? Watch, watch this. Ready? With the same amount of equipment. Okay, what I just did was hit a switch in the board. I'm doing the same thing I was doing, right? But I turned something off. Now I'll turn it back on. And so I'm going to be doing the same thing I was just doing with the same amount of equipment. Boom. You know what I just turned on and off? The amplifier. It took the same signal, and it makes it that much louder and more powerful and hard to ignore. Right? But it's the same thing, though. It's the same mic. It's the same guy. Same words. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Sometimes you might be living life, and you realize for the last week I've been underneath this this thing, but wait, why is it so much bigger than it should be? She didn't mean that. He didn't mean that. I've got things to look forward to. What is happening? And they go, oh, it's an attack. 
It's an attack. It's an amplification of the enemy. Bruce calls them zingers, right? Boom. <laughs> like somebody taps you in the arm and they go flying across the room. And you're like, whoa. That's an attack of the enemy. Somebody says something and it just digs inside of you like a drill. You're like, wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop, stop. That's the enemy trying to get me offended, trying to get me depressed, trying to destroy my holidays. So there's a natural depression and nobody's coming at you. Go get help. But there's also spiritual attacks really heavy this time of year. And in our prayer chat, I don't react to things. Again, God spoke about this. But in our prayer chat, we all, we all jumped in with a bunch of me too's toward the middle of the week. Didn't we? And go figure, God's like, that's what you're going to talk about. Like, all right, fine. I can see why. Because, um, again, me too. I, I definitely am feeling this. But be aware of this. That's point number one is just be aware. Just be aware of that. You, what you think might be the natural holiday. No, stop. You're being attacked. Point number two. Whether it be the natural sadness, um, the, the stress of the holidays, the looking back and missing people, I want to say this. Face it. Don't run from it. Do you understand me? Uh, you want to get all biblical about it? Here, put on the full armor of God. None of it covers you when you're running away. It's all face the enemy. Am I wrong, Brenda? You guys just did the full armor of God to face the enemy. So, so as I get ready for a holiday, which I'll tell you in a minute, my Christmases are spent with like one or two people in my family because everybody else is gone. As I get ready to do that, previous years, I just, I won't think about it, la, 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 and then I wake up and I'm lambasted by it. That's not how we do things in the kingdom of God. As they start to feel this depression, anything but the chemical imbalance. I mean, chemical imbalance, go face that too. Yeah, there you go. It all. Face it all. Face it all. Go see the doctor or wake up and face what's actually happening to you today. Don't run. It's okay. It's even good to look back, especially for those of us who, who tend to live our greatest joy in Christmas past. The difference is we don't live there and remain there. Do we understand that? As some of us are getting older, we're all getting older, but you know what I'm saying, where we're looking back to certain Christmases and all that, it's good to face it. Here's what I want to say. The difference is we don't live there, we remain there. And number three, big one, you never look back with hopelessness because that's a lie. I know lots of folks who they, they get in their, their chair and they think about all those Christmases that were good. Uh, and they just think about all the Christmases that were good. I'll never have Christmases like that again. Do you follow what I'm doing? Now, do we think that's the voice of God or do we think that's the voice of the enemy trying to get you down? Enemy pity party. So again, face it. Don't run from it, but don't remain there. Now, I'm going to build. So that was my main point. Now, let me give you some, some stuff here, evidence. We're, we're never to act as though we don't have hope because that's the main thing. Let's zoom out for a second. When, when, when me and Sharon and Brenda were praying this morning, because um, I came in here again just burdened and, and guilty and, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff and just need to lay it all down. And here's what I realized. We're never to live as though we don't have hope. And that's what separates us, guys. Not the circumstances. We're never to live as though we, we don't have hope because we do. And I know this is going to sound so quaint, but get, get this, please. And listening online, get this. For your holiday season, we always have hope because we always have Christ Jesus. We don't live as though the rest of the world. So while I was so tempted years ago to say, well, Christmas is always just going to, my best ones are behind me, or it's never this and this, hopeless, hopeless, God's going, that's a lie that you're choosing to believe. Knock it off. You don't live there. You can look back and rejoice. Rejoice over your holidays with your mom and dad, even though they're not here anymore, or whatever, when the family used to get together. But you don't live in a place of, oh, boy, it's all just gone bad. Don't start, I start to sound like Eeyore when I don't do it. Oh, boy. 
We don't do that because we're never hopeless. We are never hopeless. And so we all have people we miss and blah, 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 but we're supposed to live in light of the fact that our best days, years, and millennia are coming. Now, I'm going to do something I don't do very often. I don't do it very often. I don't know why. Um, I don't talk about heaven much. And I'm not going to talk about actual heaven and what it's going to be like and all that. I'm not going to do that. But, you know, getting back to the holidays and, and getting off of our circumstances and not allowing attacks and things like this, do you know that when Jesus walked around, just open up one of the biographies, gospel, and you'll see this. Jesus walked around, he talked about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, right? To people in the Middle East and a lot of people in this world right now, they're not listening to messages about how can your holidays be full of joy. They're listening to your life is really hard, but there's hope afterward. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't separate the two. That's how you stay in a place of hopefulness. So even though for me, and again, I'll do it in a few minutes, even though for me, my holidays are literally, have been decimated by death, I don't live in a place of hopelessness. I'm supposed to keep my mind in eternity. And in fact, my best Christmases are actually to come. And I get to live in eternity and for millennia beyond time, outside of time, with those I love in Christ and him, he himself. Right, Bev's getting me. Maybe that was just for you, Bev, but... You know, because you get to a point where you're like, okay, it really looks hopeless. And Jesus goes, oh, this is but a, a, a grain of sand on every beach on the planet is your life. But God, it's been 10 years without my dad. Oh, that's not even the twinkling of an eye. Twinkling is the time it takes light to pass through your cornea, by the way. Twinkling of an eye. That's nothing to me. And we'll be together, AJ. This suffering is so temporary. Live with hope, Right? In the light of eternity, we always have hope. This is a big deal. So again, here's my family story. I was going to show you the video, but I didn't want to do it because I thought mom would be here. But then mom didn't come. So I hope she's okay. I know she's kind of been sick. So sitting around the, the table growing up, this is how it went. We'd always, Christmas Eve was my favorite, and I'll tell you why. Aunt Sharon was a heck of a cook, and that's Shauna and Tara's mom, if you don't know. And she would make, instead of doing the formal meal, which what kid, spoiler alert, we don't want to sit for long periods of time for a meal. So Sharon would go, how about some chicken wings? I'm listening. Some poppers. Ooh, right? Pizza bites, all that stuff. So as little kids, you could just eat all night long. And that sounds fantastic. And even some of you are like, yeah, yeah. And it's less work. Think about it. I mean, as you know, so that was awesome. And it was at night, of course, we got to kind of stay up. And we would sled down the hill and stuff like this if there were snow. But then we would all get around the table and we'd play cards from 12 years old on. I don't care. We were playing, I don't know, 21 or something like that. And it was a blast. It was absolutely a blast. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I won't. Holidays get easier after you turn 21. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> so around the table was my grandma Bev, Aunt Sharon, Bonnie, my mom, uh, my father, uh, Tara, myself, and Uncle Brian. Okay? So there was pretty much seven of us. Ready for my holidays now? Grandma's dead. Sharon's dead. Brian's dead. Dad's dead. And Tara lives in North Carolina. It's just me and mom. You see where I would be tempted to just sit there and go, and not to mention Aunt Betty and other people who I would see. No, I don't get, in fact, the house that we used to be is now a different house. Got bull, got bulldozed. It's gone. And so part of me is tempted every holiday season to start to feel depressed because those were my best Christmases and they're impossible to have now. But I can't live as though I'm hopeless. I can't do that. And honestly, what will happen is this. I'm way jumping ahead of things here. Um, I can't focus just on that, right? I have to live in the knowledge of the kingdom of God and realize that this pain, this longing, this loss is temporary. 
It is to be felt, that was my point, maybe even to be embraced, but then released. Released to Jesus in the understanding that he walked around and talked about the kingdom of God. It's absolutely true, you guys. And so that, that, that helps me, guys. It does. Um, because it says this, that maybe even I take a season, a moment, to actually feel that pain. You know what I mean? To say, all right, you know, God, this really stinks. And have my little pity party, but then be done with it. There, and I think that's healthy, don't, don't you think? Isn't that what Christ, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you scripture here in a second. Um, and the reason I think that that's healthy is because I want to bring it out to a common sense thing again. Your greatest job on earth, okay, this is going to set some people free from, from legalism too, you ready? Your greatest job on earth is this, relationship. Your greatest calling on earth is not what you do. It's not, I don't care if you're called to be the next Billy or Betty Graham. <laughs> I just made that up. Um, we, you know what Billy Graham's greatest accomplishment is probably his relationship with his wife. First with God, then his wife and kids. Do you understand that? You were made for relationship. So let me hang out on this for a second. I'm kind of feeling, uh, feeling like God wants to, to talk about this a little bit. Your job is not even to convert people and have them agree with you. Your job is certainly not to correct other Christians who are not doing things exactly the way you would want on Christmas or your family members who are not living exactly the way you would want even though they never signed up for Team Jesus yet, but you want to beat them up because they're not living Team Jesus. Come on, guys. You know what your calling is? You'll get a big fat F on your paper if you do that because you failed relationship. And that's why I think God wants to talk about this today, about the sadness we can feel, about the ghost of Christmas past, how you face it, but you don't live there. You move on for relationship. It's true, guys. Your theology, your doctrine, hold it up against the fact that it's all about relationship. If you don't believe me, then what do you think Christmas is all about? Jesus, this is God himself. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. I just quoted you first, the, the book of John, the first chapter. And instead of saying the word, because it's actually a, a nickname, a name for Jesus, I just said Jesus. He created all things, and then he comes to be with us. So if I'm talking about relationship and focusing on relationship and not doctrine or history today, do you see why? Now, do you think for a second that your relationship with your sister, your cousin, that strain that comes up near the holidays, do you think for a second that that's not top priority for God? It absolutely is. Oh, I know y'all getting hit. I, I can see your faces. See why I turned that light off? Now you know. This comes out of my week, man. This comes out of my week. I'm walking in here bruised, scarred, broken, and, and failed in some of these areas. But relationship is absolutely paramount, you guys. So sidebar for a second. Yeah, let me just keep going with this for a second. We're instructed to focus on relationships that are in front of us. And here's what I want to tell you today. You put those relationships first. I know y'all want to cook 23 side dishes instead of 22. And I understand there's dust bunnies in that specific corner. But, <laughs> but you know what actually is most important? the relationships that are going to walk in that house or the, the house you're going to walk into. Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things, but she's chosen what's best, relationship. First with God, then with the people that are in your life. But you don't understand, AJ. My uncle is so hard to get along with. I know. I know that, absolutely. You didn't get to choose your family, did you? So I want to ask you something, and then you take it and go. Who did, cho who did choose your family? Oh, 
You go. You decide who put you in that specific family. Oh, you like that one? You like that? But God, I got to love them. Hmm, seems like somebody put me here in this family to be an expression of God's love and mercy and grace. Ooh, go suck on that one for a little while, huh? It, it, it's not easy, guys. I could give you, I could give you the fivefold act of the apostles. We could study the Book of Revelation expository, but this is harder. This is day to day life. This is actually what will affect your family members and what will change you. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. He took that unforgiveness that I've been holding, and he says, "No, life to it. Forgive, let go." What about what about my mother-in-law? She's so pressed down. This is theoretical. I'm not talking about my mother-in-law. In case there's any misunderstanding. There's not. We get along great. I'm just saying, but whatever relationship you're working for is strained. God is resurrecting that and saying you're not who they say you are. You don't care about their opinion of you. Jesus is resurrecting. This is ground floor teaching. Your holiday 2017, because of Jesus, you have the ability to have the best Christmas you've ever had before. Despite the circumstances, despite the finances, the obstacles, because relationships are paramount. And if you get in line and say, Lord Jesus, that's it. I surrender. I surrender to it. Whatever area, help me to be you to my family. Guess what? He loves to answer those prayers. He loves to answer those prayers. So back to the message. We must live in the light of the, 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 the kingdom of God. Let me, let me show you something that's very rarely understood, but I want you to really get this today. Let's look at the book of Luke. Luke was a physician at the time of Christ Jesus. This is a secondhand account. 960, if you're listening online. Jesus said to him, to a guy who said, okay, okay. So a guy walks up to Jesus and says, whoa, you're something special. I see all those miracles you're doing. I want to follow you, but my dad just died. And he says, um, I just got to go bury him. And Jesus says something that, if you don't understand, this could be really insensitive. Jesus says, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Luke 9.60. That, what? That sounds really insensitive. But you know what, guys? If... Uh, if there's anything in the Bible that doesn't look like the Jesus we all know from the whole story, then we just don't understand it, right? So I'm somebody who actually had to bury my father. It was, I had to do his eulogy years and years and years ago. It was one of my first sermons probably. <coughs> so I would say that, Jesus, you're being cruel. And I think, as your teacher, I think you guys trust me, he's saying, well, I'm, teaching, I'm just teaching you a principle. I'm teaching you a principle. Staying in that place of death, of loss, of mourning will kill you. Let me tell you a, 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 a slightly morbid but scientifically fascinating physical pr principle. How many people know that the physical world can teach us about the spiritual? So back in the day, I think it was in the, the, the 1800s, this one area of Europe had a, a crazy high infant mortality rate. Not something you normally want to talk about in church, but there's a principle here we want, we're going to learn. Seriously, like uh, something like two out of three babies were not surviving long term. And so this one doctor was like, what is going on here? This is all factual. Google it. You know, it's 2017. This one doctor realized, wait a minute, I think I know what might be going on. At that time in medical science, they were very big on trying to map out and explore the human body. In other words, doctors were always working on cadavers. Then they'd get the call or carrier pigeon or whatever, doctor, come quick, a baby's about to be born. And they would go and birth the baby and the, this doctor said, how about we wash our hands first? And do you know the infant mortality rate in a month went down to like 2%? From 75 to 80% to 2%. Here's, here's the principle and why I told you that, that kind of gross story. Death always gives you death. And life will always beget life. Do you understand that? That's why Jesus says, don't stay here, man. 
Come with me for life. Death is death, and if you hang out too long in it, it'll take you down too. And so when I say about my holidays, Jesus is saying to me, that table full of people, those ghosts that you're going to miss, move forward. Don't stay there, or you'll be like one of them. But you got life to live. You got, you know what I'm saying? Choose life. So true. We got to move forward among the living. Uh, even Ecclesiastes says there's a time to mourn, right? And there's a time to dance, and a time, it might be time to move forward. Now, this doesn't just happen. My final point, and I got way more of a message out of it than I thought. Do I have Romans 9 12? I do. We're talking, what he's talking about, um, talking about Jacob and Esau, who were twins. But how many people know that even a phrase in the Bible can mean like four different things? Well, this is crazy. I'm just learning this. So Esau, yeah, Esau was supposed to come around. Jacob was grabbing his heel or something like that. And the mother, who had the twins, was told the older will serve the younger. And so I was talking this week, and what I realized is this. It doesn't just talk about that specific thing. When you were born, we're talking about depression, we're talking about the ghost of Christmas past, we're talking about the weight we come under, okay? But let me explain something to about you about you in a different way. I talk about this all the time, and I'm going to talk about it in a different way. Wish I had my whiteboard. <laughs> when you were born, you have automatically, you inherit a soul. You could also use the word heart there, okay? Don't confuse soul and spirit. When you say, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, give me life inside of me, that's when you're, quote, unquote, born again. Now, what that means is you, your spirit, the, who you really are, is birth life. Remember when I took the candle and lit the other candle? That's the only one you get spiritual life. Holy Spirit is the only one that can give life. And then you have it inside of you. So, but here's the thing. You first are born with a soul. Your opinions, your, your thoughts, your hurts, your wounds, your joys, who you are, the collection of who you are is your heart. And it's the older and I tell you what your soul likes. Your soul likes to be the only voice you listen to. I feel, I want, get it? Someone was driving really slowly in front of me today, and I really heard my soul's voice. He roars like a lion. But along comes spirit, born of Christ Jesus, the younger. And the goal, guys, the goal, especially in your holidays, is that the older is going to serve the younger. Your heart, I feel, needs to come under obedience to but truth is. And this is a new way of talking about it. I talk about this sort of thought all the time, but I really, I really think this is, is, is really neat, you guys. Your soul is used to being and wanting to be the only voice. Your soul is used to being unopposed. That's why it's so hard to quit, to lose weight, to whatever, because you it's Look, I've always gotten my way. And all of a sudden, the spirit says, uh, self-control. And it's, no, it says, you're so, I don't want to. I don't want to be hungry. I don't want to this, this, this. I get it. I want to exercise. I don't want to sweat. This is just life, guys. This battle going in, on inside of you is, you ever hear that? You ever hear that little hokey thing that they say? So there's a white dog and a black dog, and they're going to fight. Which one's going to win? The one you feed the most. Oh, come on, y'all. That was good. So I don't care if it's an addiction. I don't care if it's hopelessness for the holidays, unforgiveness. Which dog are you feeding? You got we're spending more time on these thoughts or meditating on these thoughts. And that's, that's my final point is this. Robert Moore says this. Stop listening to you. You ready for an oxymoron? Start speaking to yourself. <laughs> so stop listening to you, but start speaking to yourself. 
Stop listening to your unfiltered Eeyore voice. That's what we'll call it from now on. We'll call it the Eeyore voice. Oh, I'm never going to be loved. Holidays are never going to be the same. I'm never going to lose weight. I'm never going to this, that. Stop it. Stop it. And start listening to, start speaking to the spirit part of you. I have all things that I need. I've been given love, joy, peace, patience, you know, fruit of the spirit. I have self-control in Christ Jesus' name. I have joy. I can walk into that difficult family member's house on, on December 25th, and I can and will change the environment that I'm walking into. But that's not, that's not what I think. Nobody cares what you think anymore. Right? I used to drive white-knuckled to some holidays. Oh, man. That one, you know... <laughs> one relative's had too much to drink and talks a certain way and makes you uncomfortable and a knot in my stomach. And then I realized, wait a minute, I don't have to be affected by, I can bust in that room and affect it with joy and forgiveness and love. And I tell you, my holidays have been better when I do this. When I don't do it, I go right back to it. And the soul wins and the soul doesn't have a lot of things to say. Give me the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let, let me prove this to you. I'm going to show you three really quickly if I can, Brian. David realizes this and proves it too. And he literally says, he speaks to himself, speak, does exactly, why are you so downcast, oh my soul? Recognizing that a part of him that he doesn't control is controlling him. Why are you so down, why are you so disturbed within me? Did he not just prove that there's this like war going on? But he says this, I'm going to remedy it. I'm going to stop listening to you. I noticed you're jacking my holidays way up, but I'm going to do this. I command you, put your hope in God. I will praise him, my Savior and my God. What? You want to hear what's crazy? Let's go to the next slide. Why are you so downcast, oh, my soul? Why so disturbed? There's two instances of it. Let's go for the trifecta, Brian, one more. Third time in the Bible, he says it again from a different psalm. He says, why are you so downcast, oh, my soul? The prescription is this. Put your hope in God. I will yet praise him, my Savior. Uh, you know, put on the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. I'm going to say it again. It's from the Bible. Put on a garment of praise. This shirt didn't just fall on my body. I had to go. Do you see it, by the way? So, you ready for this? $3 at the thrift store in Potsdam. Do you know how happy I was that day? Um, I was getting my car fixed, and I got bad news. It was going to cost a lot of money. So I was kind of grumpy. Saw this thing. Bright. And I wear it. I'm going to wear it all the time from Thanksgiving to Christmas. This morning, my daughter said, Daddy, I whack your snowman shirt. And I was like, oh, bless you, Izzy. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, oh, so you choose to put it on is what I'm trying to say. And this is what David's saying. There's a part of me that's jacking things up. It might be an attack of the enemy, amplifying these thoughts, which are very real. But I'm going to choose to stop listening to me, and I'm going to choose to speak to me. Now, um, I have one last thing to talk about. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? So here's the thing. This holiday, as we're getting ready to close, I want you to remember this phrase. The enemy is the inner me. Sometimes the enemy is the inner me, the soul, right? This sort of the heart. Maybe it's an outside attack. Maybe you got to go see a doctor and get, get regulated. Or maybe it's just you've been listening to the voice that's a big fat liar inside you. I'll give you one last story about myself. One of the biggest strongholds in my life that I had to overcome, and I truly feel like I have, trying to be honest here, is a spirit of rejection and abandonment. I don't know if you guys knew this, but my birth mother chose not to raise us. Just 
I'm getting the story like now. Um, praise God, he gave me a stepmom, you know, that whole thing. But that come, that happens. You'd be a fool to realize two little kids that their mother chose not to raise them, there's not a wound there. Of course there's a wound there. But do you realize that up until when I was about 25 or 26, I, I believed because of my soul, I believed that there was no place I fit in. I believed I never had a place to call my own. I was always a stranger in a crowded room of people who loved me. Do you see what I'm trying to say? At 26 years old, and you know what? The holidays brought this forward, and I think that's the whole point today. I don't, in June, who cares? I'm not seeing these people. But you put me in a room with a bunch of people who don't love me, so I perceive, and it crushes me, right? So my story is realizing this. The enemy is the inner me. I got to silence that voice and speak truth to it. And so I said it to you before. I don't know if you caught it. This is how crazy I am. I like to keep paddles in the boat and steer my life. That's how crazy I am. Ready? I typed out a belief we've done before, ungodly beliefs and, and godly beliefs, and I put it in my wallet. And it said something like this. I have it memorized. I was born to be an expression of God's love into this particular family, and I'm fully accepted by the Lord. So as I'm sitting there getting ready to go into my holidays, I already knew what my greatest struggle was going to be. What's yours? And I brought a godly spiritual thought with me that I chose to listen to. And when so-and-so didn't want to talk to me, I said, I was born into this family to be an expression of God's love. Truth, right? So whatever you, I can see it on your faces. <laughs> you all know what your struggle is going to be with this, this season. You all know. Go get yourself a truth from the word. Feed the spirit and shut the soul up. Right? Get yourself. <laughs> so for me, let me tell you something before we close. And then we got two songs real quick. Um, is this changed my holidays. And can I tell you, even though those people are all gone, God, had, God actually gave me victory to enjoy the last couple that I got. And I wish I had the video because in the video, we're all singing, rocking around the Christmas tree. It's terribly embarrassing. <laughs> terribly. But those are my last memories with those people. And thank God I didn't spend that last Christmas with a spirit of rejection. Thank God I said, I'm fully loved in Christ. Oh, I don't care if these people reject me or not anymore. And go figure, I actually wasn't rejected. It was a lie. So you do you this holiday season, okay? I hope you can take some of that stuff with you. Don't, don't get waylaid from the outside, from the enemy. You do what you've got to do to stand and, and be an expression of God's love into your family.